And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, Bungie? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry mat. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, we'll conclude Fibber McGee and Molly, starring Jim and Marion Jordan from 1942. Then, it's one of the scariest of all the classic radio shows, Murder at Midnight from 1946. And with me is my engineer and producer, Mike Costello. Hey, Mike, what's hey, up? Hey, Carl. Not uh, I, uh, I think it's going to be fun. We should turn off all the lights here in the studio we when, we, when we tune in to Murder at Midnight. I like doing that sometimes. <laughs> but first, we have to conclude Fibber McGee and Molly from last time, right? Let's go back to November 10th, 1942. The conclusion now of Mrs. Uppington's nephew on Fibber McGee and Molly. City Hall, folks. The Mucinopal Building. <laughs> the seat of our local government. It's called the seat of government because if you've got any kicks to register... Oh, please, driver, please. Never mind the vaudeville. Yeah, and you better wait for us again, too, bud. We're in this far. We might as well keep on. Come on, Molly. Okay, dearie. Now, where do we go, McGee? To the mayor's office. I'm a great believer in going right to the top. I noticed that when you took me to the show the other night. Huh? <laughs> we sat so high they had oxygen tanks under the seats. Well, hello there, folks. What goes on? Hello, Mr. Wilcox. We got to see the mayor on a little business, Harlow. Hey, do you know Mrs. Uppington's nephew? Oh, I can't say I know him exactly. I've met him. Kind of a roughneck. Why? Well, what's his name? Well, his name is, uh... Uh... I know his name as well as I do my own, but I can't remember it. Nobody can remember that guy's name. He's as anonymous as the Iron Man in the mask. You mean the man in the Iron Mask, Fibber? It was not. It was the Iron Man in the mask. I think Mr. Wilcox is right, dearie. Well, I know better, Molly, begging your pardon for the argument. <laughs> I remember everything I read, word for word. Do you really? Yes, I do. All right. What does the label on a can of Johnson's glow coat say? Oh, he's got you there, McGee. Oh, no, he hasn't. Now, let me think a minute. It says Johnson's Glow Coat Floor Polish. Yeah, that's right, so far. Then it says Glow Coat is a marvelous floor polish that needs no rubbing or polishing. Yeah. Easy to apply, shines as it dries to a bright, transparent luster. That's right. Made for use on linoleum, rubber, asphalt base, terrazzo, whatever that is, <laughs> and varnished or painted wood floors. Well, how's he doing, Mr. Wilcox? Why, it's marvelous, word for word. Go on, Fibber. Then it says... Especially suited for kitchen linoleum and all floors which are frequently mopped because of ease with which glow coat finish can be renewed. Covers 3,000 square feet to the gallon. Keep from freezing. Made in the USA. And on the other side of the container... Heavenly day. Fibber, I never heard anything like it. That's terrific. How did you ever learn to do that? Oh, it's just a trick. Anybody could do it if I told them how. (laughs) 
Well, if your memory is so marvelous, why can't you remember the name of Mrs. Uppington's nephew? Simply on account of I never read it any place. <laughs> well, I'll have to admit, pal, that you're slightly colossal. Wait till I write the Johnson people about this. It's amazing. I think I'll go and call them up right now. I'll see you later, folks. And from now on, it's the Iron Man in the mask. <laughs> What's so funny? I'm just happy to... He didn't learn... He didn't uh, let me try to remember what was on the other side of that container. Why? Couldn't you do it? No. <laughs> he had one in his pocket, and I could only read the side. He had sticking out. <laughs> Why, you little fraud, McGee. How could you be so... Hey, here's the mayor's office. Come on. Hi, Latrivia. Got a minute to spare? Just about, McGee. Uh, good day, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. Mayor. We'll get right to the point. Do you know Mrs. Uppington? Oh, yes, indeed. Very charming woman. To you, Latrivia, any woman is charming if she's a woman and can vote. <laughs> exactly. And if she votes for me, she's not only charming, but beautiful. <laughs> That's the illogical statement I've heard since the Jack said our invasion of Africa was illegal. Look, Mr. Mayor, for certain reasons, we want some information on Mrs. Uppington's nephew And we heard he was working here in the city hall If he's really working, it's a political novelty of no mean proportions, McGee <laughs> What is the young man's name? We don't know Well, how can I give you information about someone whose name you don't even know? I am not a swami So what? I can't swim a stroke myself <laughs> All we ask for... Oh, come, 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 come I'm a busy man, I have no time to waste on ridiculous things you answered, Mr. Mayor. It's probably for you. It's quite possible. <laughs> Excuse me. Mayor's office. My honor speaking. <laughs> Big shot. Oh, yes. Well, there's only one thing to do. Get a gang of huskies and take an axe to them. What's this? You heard me. Chop off their heads so nobody will recognize them, oh. see? Then hack off their legs and chop up the bodies and haul them away. Oh. No, 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 no. I'll meet you there at exactly midnight. Oh, what? oh stop worrying. I'll handle the police, Samuel. I'll get going. As I'm saying, McGee... We heard every I... word of it, Trivia. You can't get away with it. You fiend in human form. You axe murderer. You Dr. Jello and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> McGee, what do we do? Now, look here. If you insist on intruding into the affairs of this office... Oh, so your affairs include murder, do they? Gangster. Molly, grab that phone and call the police. I'll handle this. You're not... You're just... oh, stop it, McGee. Don't be a fool. They'll be explained. Now, let go of me. Get me the police, quick. Ow! Fight fair, Latrivia. Quit hitting me on the nose. <laughs> Hello, police department. This is the mayor. Give me Sergeant. that phone. Sergeant, this is the mayor. Forget this call. Now behave yourself, McGee, and go away. Okay, we'll go right to the newspapers. How do you like those potatoes? No, 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 no. Not that, McGee. They'll make an issue of it. They'll ruin me. And how about all those people you're going to murder? Yeah. Those aren't people. They're statues. Huh? We're chopping up some old iron statues in the park and turning them in for scrap metal. Now get out, both of you! <laughs> driver. We're all ready to go home now. Okay, lady. Gee, I was beginning to get worried about you. Why worried, bud? Well, I only got a couple of gallons of gas left, see? Though I can get 15 miles to the gallon stop and go, so I can still take you anywhere within a radio of 30 miles. You mean a radius? No, no, I never have time to listen, lady. <laughs> well, take us back to 79 Whistle Vista, bud. Oh, and... wait a minute, McGee. There's Mr. Wimple. Yoo-hoo, Mr. Wimple. Oh, hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Wimp, old man. You going our way? Yes, if you're going home, Mr. McGee. Well, hop right in, Mr. Wimp. Yeah. 
This is simply wonderful of you folks. Won't Sweetie Face be surprised when I tell her I had a ride in a real taxi cab? <laughs> Where have you been today, Mr. Wimple? I've been taking my ocarina lesson, Mrs. McGee. Oh, the sweet potato, eh? Yes. I've been taking lessons since 1923. Oh, <laughs> heavenly days. You must be pretty good. Have you got your ocarina with you? Oh, no. I haven't got one. You haven't? No. I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> The way Sweetie Face slams you around, Wimp, you better skip the sweet potato and study on the harp. Oh, she doesn't mean any harm, Mr. McGee. She's just playful. Oh. <laughs> you were playing drop the handkerchief all morning. Oh, yeah. you were really. <laughs> Was it fun? Not much. She dropped the handkerchief out the upstairs window, and then I'd have to bring it back in the house. You mean she made you run all the way down the stairs and get the hanky and run back upstairs with it? Oh, no, Mr. McGee. She isn't that mean to me. <laughs> I only had to run upstairs. The handkerchief was in my pocket when she dropped it. Well, that's different. <laughs> you know, you're quite a talented man, Mr. Wimple, the way you write poetry and play the ocarina. I used to be very good in a business way, too, Mrs. McGee. In what, Wimp? Salesmanship. Oh. They called me a red-hot salesman. What were you selling? Red hot. <laughs> Here we are, folks, safe and sound. That'll be six bucks and 35 cents. Heavenly day. Well, it was in a good cause, Molly. Here's seven bucks, bud. Keep the change. All but 50 cents. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much for the ride, Mr. McGee and Mrs. McGee. Goodbye now. Goodbye, Mr. Wimple. Now, so long, Wim. Uh, ta-ta, Wally. Goodbye, Georgie. It was a nice ride. Gee, thanks, Wally. Say, do you two know each other? <laughs> My goodness, yes. We're old friends. George, this is Mr. and Mrs. McGee. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. We're old friends, too. Huh? We are? Yeah, sure. You remember me, huh? I'm Mrs. Uppington's nephew, George Uppington. Oh, McGee, here's a telegram just came for you. Oh, thanks. Who's it from? From Peoria, Illinois. It's signed Happy Whirly. Oh. We know anybody named Happy Whirly? Not that I know of. What's it say? It says... Just played your new RKO picture, Here We Go Again, in my theater, and must confess, you have made everybody in Peoria ill. What? what? Let me see that, Wyatt. Huh? Oh, they've got the happy in the wrong place. It says, you have made everybody in Peoria ill. Happy. Signed, Worry. Worry. <laughs> you know, he's a theater manager there, remember? <laughs> oh! Sure, old Len Worley. Imagine me forgetting a name. Sure. Huh? Oh, good night. <laughs> good night, all. The characters of Wallace Wimple and the old timer heard on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for the Home and Industry. We invite you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That's Fibber McGee and Molly, November 10th, 1942, starring Jim and Marion Jordan, sponsored by Johnson's Wax, as heard on NBC. Johnson's Wax sponsored them for so many years. And then later in the run, Reynolds Aluminum came in, 
and sponsor them. But really, they had like two sponsors uh, the 20 plus years they were on the radio. Nice. That's that's called uh, putting on a good radio show. Right. And uh, doing your job for your sponsor right there, right? Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, it's Murder at Midnight. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s through the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360 where I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at RemindMagazine.com. Visit RemindMagazine.com and subscribe today. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of April, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, featuring six 75-minute detective adventures. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99, via digital download this month only. Also on sale during April is Gunsmoke, Volume 1, featuring 12 stories of the Old West. Gunsmoke Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. In May, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during April. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense, starring Cary Grant absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. This is Hollywood 360 across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. Make sure you check out our website at Hollywood360radio.com. All right. It's time for Murder at Midnight. This was a mystery horror series. Came to ABC Radio in 1946. And the host was Raymond Morgan. He was a former Long Island minister who left the cloth for the excitement of radio. He he got interested in radio and was like, yeah, I'm going to do that instead of being a preacher or <laughs> a man of the cloth. And it had a six-year run in syndication, and it was produced out of New York, and all the best New York actors appeared on this, including Lawson Zerby and Carl Swenson, Lon Clark, Raymond Edward Johnson, and many more. It was directed by Anton M. Leader. It was a very good series. Let's turn off all the lights now, Mike. Let's turn them all down low. And let's listen to The Man Who Died Yesterday from December 2nd, 1946. Part one now of Murder at Midnight. Murder at Midnight. For the last time, Walt, please let me go. Nuts. And it has to be this way. Half, no. Drop that gun. I'm sorry, Walt. Very sorry. I've known all along you had to die tonight. 
But I didn't know. I killed you. Midnight, the witching hour when the night is darkest, our fears the strongest, and our strength at its lowest ebb. Midnight, when the graves gape open and death strikes. How? You'll learn the answer in just a minute in The Man Who Died Yesterday. And now, Murder at Midnight. Tales of Mystery and Terror by Radio's Masters of the Macabre. Our story by William Morwood is The Man Who Died Yesterday. Afternoon on a little traveled highway. A strange-looking man in threadbare clothes stands hopefully by the roadside. A car comes around a curve. Slows up. Stops. Looking for a lift? Are you headed for New York? That's me. Hop in. Thank you. It's very good of you. I... I'm in a hurry to reach New York. I haven't much time, you see. Yeah, sure. I picked you right off for a big executive on his way to a board meeting. Nothing like that. (laughs) It's just that there's something terribly important I've got to do. A mission. Oh, Salvation Army, huh? No, United Nations. I have to see the Secretary General before midnight tonight. That leaves me only eight hours. The United... You feeling all right, pal? Yes. I was sick, but... I'm feeling fine now. You don't look so good to me. What is a ghost? Of course, you could do with a haircut, too. I suppose so. I'm afraid I've been out of touch with civilization a long while. By the way, my name is... Rather was... David Hepgood. I am. I'm Walt Griggs. Can't you drive any faster, Walt? We've still got a long way to go, and... Well, I'm worried about this part of the road. There's going to be a rock slide and... Rock slide? Oh, you mean those signs? Ah, that's nothing to worry about. They put them up on... What the... It's all right. Keep going, Walt. We got through safely. Yeah, but... There was a rock slide, just like you said. Of course. But... How did you know? I can see ahead, Walt. See into the future for 24 hours. guy was nuts, of course, but still, what are the odds against calling a long shot like that? A million to one? A billion? I gave up trying to figure it. We drove along for about an hour and then stopped for gas. There was this hamburger joint right by. Where are we going, Walt? Grab a bite. Oh, but there isn't time. I've less than seven hours now, and by midnight I... We gotta gas up anyway, and I'm hungry. Come on, Hep. Hello, sugar. Sit down, Hap. What'll it be, boys? Hamburger for me, sweetheart, with onions. What's yours, Hap? I've... I'm not hungry. Oh, busy with your speech for the United Nations, huh? Well, I'll just read this racing form while you're thinking. Racing form? Sure, I play the G's all the time. Got some important dough on today's meet. Fifty bucks on Alistair to win in the sixth. Alistair? Yep. I'm afraid you'll lose your money, Walt. What? Don't kid me. Alistair's the hot favorite. It's going to be a walk away. Marble the third won that race. Marble? What are you nuts? He's a rank outsider. A hundred... What do you mean won the race? It hasn't been run yet. Hasn't it? I didn't know. 
Look, I... Wait a minute. Sweetheart. Yeah? You think you can get the races on the radio? Oh, sure. It's all tuned in. A lot of our customers like to listen. Oh, if we can't waste time like this. Who can think about a horse race? I like... can. Remember my 50 bucks. What? Conclusion with a great race. The crowd is going wild with excitement. They're around the bend now, coming into the straight. Alistair is out in front by two lanes. Uh-huh. The rest of the horses bunched. Alistair is going strong. And a boy, where's your marble half weight? Entering the last stretch now. It's a walk away for Alistair. Nice, Four then. lanes ahead and no challengers. Wait a minute. Alistair stumbles. Cattle gains stride. He's down. What? The jockey's going clear, but Alistair is... The other horses have gone past. Number eight is out in front. Number eight. Marble the third. Marble the third. Marble the third and... Marble wins! We owe! Ah, turn that thing off. And for the book, folks. The most extraordinary... I'll be... You knew it all the time, Ab. You knew Marble had to win. Of course. But we've got to go. Sure. Sure, Ab. Anything you say. You're the guy I've been waiting for all my life. Let's take a break from Murder at Midnight. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Murder at Midnight. I didn't need no more figuring to tell me Hap was a gold mine. And I had him first before anybody else could get their hooks into him. The only thing that worried me was the way he talked. All this about midnight, not having much time. I had to use him while I had him, even if it meant taking chances. So while we drove, I worked on a plan. Walt, we've left the New York road. The signs are pointing the other way. I know. I'm taking a shortcut through a town called Hassock. Hassock? Yeah. That name mean anything to you, Hap? Hassock? Think hard. Let me see. There's going to be a holdup there tonight at the factory. Two men involved. They steal the week's payroll, ten thousand dollars. Ten grand, huh? They get away with it? There's a chase, but they shake off the police. Great. Couldn't be better. Why? Where the two men have. You and me. What? No, Walt, no, I'm not a criminal. And I've something else to do with what little time I have left. You're coming with me, Hap. Maybe this will convince you. Her gun doesn't frighten me. Stop the car and let me out. I've got to get to New York. All right, look, I'll make a deal with you. You come with me on the stick-up, and I'll drive you straight through to New York without stopping. Are you on? But, but I can't, Walt. My message concerns the whole world. It's the only way you'll get to deliver it. Well, if, if it is the only way. All right. Now, there's something more I've got to tell you, Walt. What's that? We leave a dead man behind. It was getting dark when we hit town. I drove down the main street and onto the factory building beyond it was all dark except for a light in the cashier's office. Hap and I went in. There was a guy sitting at a desk. Who? Who are you? What do you want? There's a ten grand in that safe. This is a stick-up, brother. You, you're crazy. There's no ten... Open up. I'll do the talking. I, I warn you, men. You'll be caught for Shut this... Shut up and start turning that dial. All right. Well, I guess you win. Come on, come on. Snap into it. I'm doing the best I can to... That's it. Now hand out those greenbacks. Come on, get a move on. Watch out, Walt. He's turning in an alarm. Oh, you double-crossing rat. Oh, take care of you. 
This the guy that had to be killed, Hap? Yes. Okay, then step on it. The cops will be swarming around like flies. They're gaining on us, Walt. You can't go any faster. I'm down to the floorboards already. They'll start shooting soon. You sure we get away? There's no slip-up? No. We get away all right. Good. Where did they get you, Walt? My arm. What do we do, Hap? Keep driving till we hit that bend in the road. Yeah? There's a clump of willows around the corner. Pull in there. Okay. Here goes. That's the light. Off. Just like you said. No hurry. Get back to the New York road. I've less than three hours left. Okay, but i got to stop and see a doctor. A doctor? Sure, my arm. Oh, what's the matter, Hap? I, I'm afraid of that doctor. Something happens there that I don't understand. What is it? I don't know. It's something I should have explained before. I can see into the future for you, Walt, and for everyone else. But not for myself. You the doctor? What can I do for you? Oh, my arm. I had a little accident. I was cleaning my gun and it went off. Come into my office. Okay. And this man? Oh, he's just a friend of mine. Nothing the matter with him. I don't agree. Looks much sicker than you do. No, doctor, really. Your face. It's the color of... No, and I'm all right. Believe me, please hurry with my friend. It'll only take a second. Just get my stethoscope. Let's no, quit kidding around, doc. I'm the Just one that... Go ahead. Hmm. Good Lord. What's the matter, Doc? Why are you looking at him like that? Well, it's, it's impossible, of course, but there's no heartbeat. No. But, but that's impossible. If, if your heart wasn't beating, you'd be... Dead? Yes. I've been dead since yesterday at midnight. Staring at him, at the living corpse of the man who died yesterday... Walt and the doctor draw back in horror. Just who is David Hapgood? Perhaps we'll know when the clock strikes 12 for murder at midnight. The goose pimples were standing out on me. Here I'd found the guy. I'd been with him for hours through a hole up in a killing. And now I was hearing from his own lips that he was dead. He gave me the creeps. I wanted to take it in the land, but instead I was froze to the floor. I heard the doc saying, You've been dead since yesterday? Yes, doctor. But that's, that's impossible. There must be some explanation, some obscure heart condition. There is an explanation, but not that kind. You see, I was cheated out of 24 hours at the time of my birth. Eh? And I'm just making up for it now. Uh, how do you mean? This will sound fantastic to you, but nevertheless, it's true. I was born on a ship crossing the international dateline. I started coming into the world during the last moments of a Friday and finished up early on Sunday. So I skipped a whole day of my life. I've always been living 24 hours ahead of myself. But, but that's sheer... It's gospel, Doc. He can call the turn on anything like he was reading tomorrow's paper. I told you it would sound fantastic, Doctor. But it is true. When I realized it, I... Well, 
I tried not to use it for selfish ends. I wanted to help people, but I never could. People would never listen to me, believe me. Finally, I realized that there was no place for me in the world, that man wasn't meant to know the future. So I went away, up into the woods. Uh, how long ago? About ten years ago. Away from civilization, it was easier. I still knew what was going to happen, of course, but with no way to communicate my knowledge, my conscience was at rest. That is, until last night. Last night? I had caught a cold. It developed into pneumonia. I was deathly sick. I couldn't breathe and uh, lost consciousness. Then suddenly, at midnight, I was well, quite well. Not a trace of my illness. I knew what had happened, of course. I was dead. Yeah. But I still had my missing day to live. I knew I must use it for the benefit of mankind. Oh. There's something I know. Something that involves the fate of millions of people. Unless some action is taken within the next few hours. What action? What is it? I'm sorry, but I can't tell you, Doctor. I can't tell anyone except the Secretary General of the United Nations. And I must reach him before midnight, before I'm really dead. It's getting on to ten o'clock. Now, do you understand why I'm in such a hurry? I'll say, let's get going, Hap. Never mind about my arm. That can wait. No, listen to me, Hap. You can't leave. What? As far as your being able to read the future is concerned, well, it doesn't matter whether I believe that or not. But that heart condition of yours, that's something unique in medical history. Now, you've got to let me take you to a hospital where it can be studied properly. Lay off that stuff, Doc. I'll phone for an ambulance. Stay away from that phone. He's mine. Yours. But do you realize what this can mean to science? To don't give me that talk. You just want to grab him off for yourself. Why, nonsense. Stop it, stop it, both of you. I don't belong to anyone. I'm not a specimen to be examined. I've got a mission to perform for all of civilization. I've got to get to the United Nations now, before... Now, now, no matter how you've been deluding yourself, young man, you're terribly sick. I'm going to phone the hospital Okay, and... you asked for it. Do you? I must get away from here. Hap. Hap, come back here. Come back here. Okay, if you're dead, it won't hurt you. And if you're not... Oh, smoke. That bullet went right through you and only knocked you down. Let go of me, Walt. Try to run away, huh? I've got to get to New York. Nothing can stop You're me. coming with me, Hap. i got plans for us as long as you last. You've got your 10000 What more do you a want? A chance to run it up to 100000 and we can do it. I know the place and you can call the cards. But there's no time. I'm figuring on only a couple of hours. That's plenty. Listen, Walt. I'm asking you for the last time. Let go. Do a decent thing for once in your life. Nuts. What I'm trying to do, it's for you as much for millions of others. I never gave a cuss about the others and I'm not starting now. All right, Walt. And it has to be this way. Hap, drop that gun. Oh! I'm sorry, Walt. Very sorry. I've known all along that you had to die tonight. But I didn't know that I'd kill you. Kind of a silent type, ain't you? Sorry? Oh, that's all right. I don't like fellows that gad too much. You know, it, it was nice of you to pick me up back there on the road. I was lonely. Besides, I, uh... Well, I needed reassurance. How's that? You see, I've been out of touch with civilization for some time, and the people I've met today weren't... inspiring. <laughs> You're a strange guy, do you know? Am I? Yeah, I mean, the way you talk and look. You don't look quite real. Oh, now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I like you a lot. Oh, I'm glad. Well, for instance, we've been driving for nearly an hour now, and you haven't even made a pass at me once. I'm afraid that wouldn't do either of us much good. Yeah, but just the same, a girl appreciates a little thing like that. Incidental, what's your name? You 
can call me Hap. Hi, Hap. I'm Hazel. How do you do? Well, I guess I ought to tell you something about myself. Well, I know a little already. Huh? You're going to New York to find your fiancé, aren't you? Yeah, a guy called... Say, how'd you know that? You're going to look him up in the phone book and call. Then you're going to uh, find out that he's married. What? Oh, you're kidding me. Jim wouldn't do a thing like that. He'd wait for me forever. He said he would. And, hey, why are we stopping? Almost out of gas. Howdy, folks. Uh, fill her up as quickly as possible. Okay. Uh, how far to New York from here? Well, you ought to be at George Washington Bridge in about ten minutes. Fine. You folks hear about all the excitement on the highway? No, what happened? Well, the cops are looking for a crazy killer. Murdered three people. One was a sick-up, the other two was a doctor and his own sidekick. Oh, what's he look like? Well, according to the radio, he's got, got a chalk white face, a mop of hair that looks like it hasn't been cut in weeks, no hat, and, uh, and... What's the matter, bud? What are you staring at? Your... your friend, I... I, I got to get something out of the office. I'll be back in a minute. He's going to phone the police. This is your chance to get out, Hazel. Oh, no. I'm staying with you, Hep. Now, you better get moving and keep moving. No sign we're being followed. We may make it yet. Are you frightened, Hazel? Being with me? I guess I should be, but I'm not. Thank you. Somehow I, I can't believe you're crazy. If you killed anyone, you knew what you were doing and you had a good reason. Thank you again. You don't know what that means to me. Have people always been scared of you, Hap? Most people. Till I met you. Why couldn't I have met you sooner, Hazel? Well, what's wrong with now? It's a little late. Not for me. You honestly mean that? Sure. Well, then perhaps it's going to be all right after all. Perhaps we'll meet again. What do you mean? I didn't mean to tell you this. Perhaps I shouldn't now. It may cause you pain. Go ahead. I can stand it. After you call Jim, your fiancé, and find that he's married, you start across the street in a daze. A taxi is... Driving too fast and. Uh... It's got my number on it, huh? Yes, I'm sorry. And yet, in a way. What did that sign say, Hazel? Uh, uh, George Washington Bridge, two miles. Oh, I'm going to make it. There's still time. The Secretary General is in his home. They'll let me in when they hear my message. I'll have most of an hour with him. It's not quite 11 yet. 11? Hey, your watch must have stopped. What? Well, look, look, there's a clock on the building. Where? Up to the right there. Three minutes of twelve. Oh. Well, what's the matter, Hap? Oh, I can't make it. Oh, I've lost. Unless a telephone. There's still time for that. Well, why are you stopping here? There's no phone. In that house, the family's all in bed upstairs. There's a telephone in the parlor. But the door is sure to be locked. They've forgotten to latch the parlor window. Hey, how do you know all these things? Never mind now. Goodbye, Hazel. But I'll be waiting here. No, you'd better start down the road. The police mustn't find me. But when you come back, I'll be here. I won't be back, Hazel. This is goodbye. For keeps. You've got to come back. You've got to. Oh, 
Operator, get me the Secretary General of the United Nations at his home. Hurry, please, it's urgent. Hello? The Secretary General, please, it's terribly important. No, I've got to speak to him personally. I... Uh, midnight. Hello? Will you get him for me? There's no time left and... Uh, never mind. I'll tell you. It's... It's about... <gasps> That's his car outside, officer. I'll swear to that. He must have climbed in this window. We'd better go in and have a look. <laughs> There was a girl with him when he left my gas station. She ought to be around. Where's the light? Here. There he is, on the floor. And he looks... He's dead, all right. No wonder. Look at that hole in his chest. Wait a minute. There's something funny here. That wound never bled. Huh? And the only way that could happen is... If he was dead before the bullet hit him. Two men staring at a corpse that is finally still. And still forever. The corpse of the man who died yesterday. While outside, somewhere in the night, a restless spirit keeps a rendezvous that none can avoid. And the distant clocks chime the last notes in epilogue for... Murder! At midnight. Remember to be with us again. When death brings time to a full stop and the clocks strike twelve for murder at midnight. The part of David Hapgood was played by Stuart Brody. Vandell Kramer was Walt. With music by Charles Paul, Murder at Midnight was directed by Anton M. Leader. And that's Murder at Midnight, The Man Who Died Yesterday, from December 2nd, 1946, with Raymond Morgan as our host, as heard on KFI Los Angeles. Hope you enjoyed Murder at Midnight. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s to the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days 
days gone by and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360, where I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at remindmagazine.com. Visit remindmagazine.com and subscribe today. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of April, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, featuring six 75-minute detective adventures. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99, via digital download this month only. Also on sale during April is Gunsmoke, Volume 1, featuring 12 stories of the Old West. Gunsmoke Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. In May, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during April. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense, starring Cary Grant absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next week, it's the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the Harold Lloyd Comedy Theater, the Cisco Kid, Nick Carter Master Detective, the Great Gildersleeve, and Escape. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.